welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk to CISOs and other leaders in cybersecurity about careers in this industry, specifically how to get into it and how to advance. My name is Gene Fay, the CEO of ThreadX, an API and application security company, and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we're joined by Tony Petricola, president of Agile Blue. Tony, how are you today? Gene, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. And sorry for the stutter on your last name. I always say anything last past three letters I have trouble with. So, Faye, you know, I never ran out of space on those uh, old tests that we used to do and you had to fill in your name. I never had that problem, but awesome, Tony. Well, Italian people like me, Gene, we're used to having the name on the back of our jerseys do a little bend. They don't go straight. They bend. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, super excited to have you on the show today. And thank you uh, for being a guest. Uh, maybe we could just jump right into it. You could tell us a little bit about your career and how you ended up in this crazy industry of cybersecurity. You know, what's funny. I was talking to someone the other day and they asked how long I've been in cyber and it's just about five years. And they're like, why? Why would you get into this later in your career? Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Because it's fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fun. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to get a start at Apple as a systems engineer and then started my own e-commerce business early 2000s. And, you know, that company was acquired. I, obviously, being a global e-commerce company, cybersecurity was at the core of what we did. So it just seems natural that when that company was, after we were acquired and, and did the things we had to do, having a co-founder, like my co-founder, we co-founded Agile Blue together. And uh, it just seemed like a great business to start up. Oh, awesome. Well, congratulations on the outcomes you've had so far. And I'm sure Agile Blue is going to be another home run, but maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what Agile Blue does. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at the end of the day, we are uh, an AI-enabled SOC as a service and SOAR platform. So Security Operations Center for our, our, for our listeners. So, My goodness, the last thing we need at 9 a.m. is more acronyms. But yeah, Security Operations Center as a service and SOAR is a uh, orchestration and auto response uh, platform. So we're 24-7. Our technology and team are making sure our customers hopefully can beat back the bad guys who are trying to breach their business. Oh, that's awesome. And that's a big need in the marketplace. And it plays right into why we have this podcast, because there's such a massive shortage. So companies of all sizes don't have enough people to be able to protect themselves 24 by 7. Thus, you know, all-star companies like Agile Blue are able to prosper. So that that's awesome. And uh, I love the uh, security uh, operations and orchestration platform because I, act- I too was uh, fortunate to be a part of a company that we sold IPM and it was a very early uh, player in that marketplace. So I find it near and dear to my heart and great to see services organizations uh, leveraging technology to offer a great service like you guys do. So maybe we could just jump into AI. So, you know, from an artificial intelligence perspective, those looking to enter the cybersecurity field, you know, how is it going to affect entry-level cybersecurity jobs? I mean, should they not even try because uh, computers are going to do everything for us? You know, I think it's the opposite. When we started developing our own AI tools, some of our team was looking at it like, well, how does this help me? And, and especially some of the less experienced, newer folks graduating college, maybe folks changing their career, getting into cyber, right? It's exciting for them. No, if you think about it, the thing that crushes people's soul is mundane tasks, especially SOC analysts. You probably saw this firsthand with your business. It just hurts. It hurts. It's just, if we can automate that side of it, which every day of the week we're getting better at and really put them at what they want to do, more threat hunting, working on bigger cases and investigations, talking to customers, working through actual responses, 
that's where they want to be. That's the work that really moves their mind, right? So no, I think they're embracing the automation we've done so far and will continue to do with our roadmap. I think it's actually taking those tasks away and really making their roles that much more exciting. I totally agree with you. And I, I think about just the, you know, we talked about source. So it's again, operational orchestration platforms, the whole transition of what happened in that market and what's going to continue to happen, right? It originally was playbooks. So company wanted to say, okay, we have a DDoS attack. What are the series of steps and who are the people that need to be involved? And it was very manual. And then they came back and they said, hey, it would be great of these, as you said, perfectly mundane tasks that we could just automate those. So they automatically happen, right? That's happened over the last you know, seven, eight years. And now you imagine AI being able to create those orchestration of those playbooks and then automate as many of those tasks. So what does it does? Same number of teams focused on the more interesting, the more intricate types of attacks. Because let's face it, the bad guys are getting smart as well. And they know the easy stuff has already been protected. So the more we can escalate our teams, and I agree that it's going to create more opportunities for both sides. But, uh, you know, AI is going to affect, you know, us as the good guys, uh, but it's also going to affect the bad guys. And what are your thoughts on how the bad guys are going to use AI to change attacks and change the attack vectors? You know, it's funny, you just said it, you said the bad guys are getting smarter. You know, the way I look at it is the bad guys are just always really smart. Like, I, they're just, they're just really smart. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got all the time, all the money in the world, right? They only have to write once in a while. <laughs> 100%. They're like the Lex Luthor, right? They're just always smart, always that step ahead, it seems. But I think when you look at what AI is doing first and foremost, I mean, just go to ChatGPT or Bard and play around a little bit. It's actually taking people who aren't as skilled programmatically or maybe as smart as some of these, you know, these hackers are. And it's leveling the playing field because it can actually create scripts and things that can allow maybe a more novice or neophyte IT person into a hacker. And we have a ton of cases that we've already shown that, you know, good code that it's created, that it can create a problem. Now, the actual opposite. You have a lot of regular developers, real, developing applications every day of the week that are using things like ChatGPT to write code for them. Well, if ChatGPT can write perfect code, which it writes pretty good stuff, it obviously knows how to break that down as well and create the opposite. So the things we're starting to see from an AI perspective is the bad guys always have this stuff, but I think AI is actually leveling the playing field where guys who maybe want to be bad guys, but maybe aren't bad enough yet. It's helping them. And I think that is going to increase the number of hackers. So that's kind of the thing we've seen in the early movement over the last six, eight months since ChatGPT really started taking off with that use case. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I 100% agree. And I also look at social engineering, which is the whole act of focusing on an individual, getting to know that individual, and then trying to attack them, fool them, maybe through through disclosing passwords and things like that. And and you look at the, you know, a lot of it coming from Eastern uh, Europe or maybe from parts of Asia where English isn't their first language. So a lot of times the intricacies of the language were you could catch in those emails. And now like, bam, hey, here's what I wanted to say. Let me put it in a chat GBT and I want it to be a, an American from Ohio, uh, how they would speak, right? It could be that specific and the tone. And it's really uh, quite scary in a lot of ways. Uh, so I think my next business is going to be elderly people because they are so under attack right now. And I think AI is only going to open up them up to more attacks with voice replication and things like that. So uh, 
yeah, it's uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sad stories between now and and when the rest of the story is written. Well, it's funny you say that. My mom, who's seventy, spends a ton of time online, right? So she buys things online. She communicates with her friends, blah blah blah, and she is so ripe for that type of an attack because she's also a pretty trustworthy person. She's like, oh, this person was communicating with me. I'm like, probably in a malicious way, mom. Like, think about this, but. Anyway, you're right. Helping elderly, or I guess folks who maybe you know are definitely more uh, susceptible to that, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, last question. I, I know you'd mentioned in our prep meeting that Agile Blue has a robust intern program. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what you're looking for when you're hiring interns? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's across the board too. It's on our development teams. It's on our marketing teams. Uh, it's definitely within our SOC analyst teams as well. And the point is is twofold. One, the one thing I've seen with the interns we brought in, they find different ways to do things these days. Um, maybe they're not always the right way, but it's definitely a little bit more efficient and effective and you can learn from it. So we actually encourage people to push the envelope. So of course, we're going to train them and show them how we want to do things. But we want to give them that artistic license because I think the folks these days, uh, Gene, can bring a different perspective. Number one. Number two, you know... <laughs> Forget what I think about social media. Not a huge fan. I have, you know, daughters who are 18, 17. They're always on their phones. I've got three daughters. So same, a little bit older. <laughs> yes. But you know, so, but what I've learned is they know how to communicate quickly and, and efficiently with folks. And even though I miss the phone and I miss the old ways of shaking hands and doing things <laughs> and starting to hate Zoom, but it is what it is. A lot of these interns will also then bring to us better, more effective ways to communicate. Right. And I think that's helpful for the teams to see as well. And even though they might not be the most, you know, whatever, experienced at their craft, whatever it is, marketing, SOC analysis, the one thing we look for are people who can just be creative and teach us maybe better ways that we could be making our communication a little bit more efficient. Awesome. Great. And did you specifically look for people close to your office or you're hiring uh, across the U.S. or kind of ha- what's your hiring approach? Yeah, across the U.S. We had interns from Ohio this past year all the way into Texas from the University of Texas. So Wherever we can find them, a lot of them, we have a lot of great associations with people, good connections. They'll say, hey, I have a couple students you might want to take a look at, and generally we're bringing them on board. Awesome. Well, uh, for our students still in college, Agile Blue is uh, looking for interns and uh, a great organization. So, well, thank you, Tony, uh, so much for uh, spending some time with us this morning and talking about your experience and how AI is going to affect us, as well as uh, helping our listeners learn more about the awesome company you and your your employees are building in Agile Blue. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their cybersecurity skills, you can get one year free content from cybersecurity training portal, uh, ThreatX Academy, using the promo code podcast. ThreatX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity topics, and you can learn more by going to academy.threatx.com. Also, check out a recent episode with Dane Jones, CISO at High Radius. He has a really interesting perspective of what it's like to work for a large company like Lowe's versus current role. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that episode, and it's been uh, well downloaded by uh, many people. And if you're interested in learning more about API and application security, please visit our website, threadx.com. Tony, thank you again for your time, and I wish you and your team all the best. Thank you, Gene. Same to you, and thanks for having me. 